This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. KXNO Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you here for another hour. Scott Dockerman, bottom of the hour, we will recap uh, Iowa as they finish uh, the first two-thirds of the season and do so at 6-2, and two, eight games in. Well, this is disappointing. Minnesota-Penn State kickoff time was just announced. Yes. 11 o'clock in the morning. Yes, get that thing out of the way. Come on, Penn man. Penn State 33-0. Oh, no, no. no I'm no, joking no, no, to our no, Gopher no. fans out there. So does that, does that eliminate game day? I mean, Herb Street will be there. Does he just slide from the set to the booth? Well, he'll still be doing the ABC night game. Uh, have they announced that yet? I don't know what the night game is. I, I thought I thought game day would go there. They still can. I guess they could, right? I'm surprised that that. Um, I mean, these are both unbeaten football teams. It's on ABC. Yeah, but it's, how, how often is the Gophers on national television? Not but it's prime broadcast. time is where it yeah, should be. See, but that's changing. We've I seen guess. Fox start to change the paradigm. And Fox is doing very well in they that are. morning slot. They are. There's up some eyeballs tuning into Fox uh, at 11 o'clock. Bama Bob joins the program as we go around college football. Bama, how are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing okay. Uh, you know, let's let's start with this, fellas. Oklahoma going down. What did that do for, I guess, who benefits most from that? Now, the answer probably would have been Notre Dame, right? But that, that didn't I know happen. who it is. Yeah, for about eight hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Bama's SEC. Do you chance think it is? for two. I absolutely believe a better chance for two than when we started the day Saturday. Am well, I? that's true. Bama, am I on there? Uh, I think you are. I, I think... Come on, Bama. Go to my favorite conference. It brings Oregon back in the picture. <laughs> there you I go. Mean, <laughs> now, Self-serving I mean, over there. <laughs> I think it's going to be a tough sell if you have – okay, first of all, Oregon would have to win out, obviously. Yep. Can't lose another game. Nope. Um, which would include having to beat Utah probably in the mm-hmm. Pac-12. I mean, they're, they're in the, the – they got a three-game lead before to play, so they're going to be in the Pac-12 championship game. They need Utah to be there as a one-loss foe and then – beat them that would give them some juice i think uh is it going to give them enough juice over an alabama lsu loser assuming that the winner then goes on and wins the sec that i don't know i mean oregon over alabama or oregon over lsu might be a tough sell Mm -hmm. but they would be a conference champion and the alabama lsu loser would not so, I mean, there, there's your – it brings it – to me, it's just those two. I mean, you know, for, for a while, Notre Dame, it, it certainly would have helped them. But I think it brings it brings Oregon and Oregon only. I don't think it brings Utah back in, although, you know, I guess you could argue that maybe it does. Uh, 
a one-loss Pac-12 champion over a one-loss SEC West non-champion. Those are really the only two that it benefits. Bama Unless Clemson loses, and then who knows what we got. And, and, and the schedule that they play this year, they more likely lose. not a top 25 right. team. Uh, that could, that could right. be a lot of fun and a lot of argument that's going to happen. Does Oregon, do they have to have an 11-1 and Utah team on the opposite side? I think they do. To get that? I mean, yeah. if, even if Utah gets there at 10-2, is that going to be enough? No, I don't think so because Auburn has already lost two games and they're probably going to lose lose two more because they have Georgia and Alabama on the schedule. And uh, I think Bo Nix, even though he'll be at home in those two games, so, you know, listen, losing at Florida, losing at LSU, no real crime, but he did not play well in either game. Their defense is as good as anybody's in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, Ohio State's probably got the best defensive player. Auburn's got the best defensive line and maybe even set of linebackers. But all that said, you know, I, they're going to lose at least one of those two, I think. So you're going to probably have a three-loss non-conference Auburn as your only loss. Uh, if, and I don't think you can I, – I don't know. If Utah, say, loses to Washington this week, I don't know that they can I – don't, I don't know that strength of schedule and all that would, would help Oregon. I think Utah has to be undefeated. And when you really – if you really want to delve into the Pac-12 – USC could screw everything up for that conference because they're sitting there right now. They own the tiebreaker over Utah, and they play Oregon this week. So I mean, they could they go up to Eugene and win, and then they could wind up in the in the championship game ahead of Utah and just screw everything up for the Pac-12. So let me run this one by the coach and replace him with Urban Meyer. How about that? Yeah, really, (laughs) it probably would happen. Uh, What what if Penn State beats Ohio State? So Penn State beats Minnesota this week. They somehow yeah. go in and they they pick off Penn State in Columbus. Penn State wins the pack or the Big Twelve, the Big Ten uh, championship. I'll get it right. Um, what does that do to Ohio State if they're a one loss? They're in the same boat as LSU. Let's just say that. Yeah. Then what? I think you would. Well, then you really get down to. Oh man, I mean, we're really splitting hairs here at that point. You know, if Ohio State has a home loss to Penn State, I think first of all, Penn State would have to win out, go mm-hmm. undefeated, and win the Big Ten, uh, which I don't think would be a given. Um, their loss would be at home. LSU's loss presumably would be on the road yep. Yep. Uh, at at number two now. Alabama, they would be number one, and you know, they're really co number ones, I guess, if you will. Um, man, that. That's a tough one. I would not want to be on that committee. I think Ohio State has looked better me too, than all anybody. year. I think they're clearly to me they are clearly the number one team in the country. I mean, I don't I think the gap between I know they're third in the poll, but to me between them and L S U and Alabama, that gap is widening a little bit. They are dominant uh on both sides of the ball. Um that's a great question, Ken. I don't know. I mean, I would probably, it's going to sound biased, I'd probably lean a little bit LSU. Because their loss would be on the road. Their loss would be on the road. Um, now, if you flip it, if LSU, if it's Alabama loses at home right. and then Ohio State loses at home, now what do you do? Yeah. If to, but, you know, if you have a if you have a Tua Tagovailoa who is, you know, plays in the game but clearly isn't himself and, you know, they lose a tight game, let's say, at home, to now what is now the number one team in the country. And they go on and they blow out Auburn, and you know they, but they don't get into the championship game. Now now you really got to debate. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's really where your chaos could come in. If it's, if it's Ohio State and Alabama as one-loss non-conference champions, both losing 
to conference champions and playoff teams at home. Uh, is this the year that uh, we get a defensive player that becomes uh, the first uh, Heisman winner since uh, what's since Woodson, right? Since Charles Woodson, uh, yeah, beat Peyton Manning and Randy Moss. Is this the year? Chase I don't Young think do it? So, but I, I don't think he's going to win it. I think he's going to get a seat at the table. I tell you what's helping him is uh, two will be in hurt because yeah. yeah. And now, listen, he's only missed the Arkansas game. Right. Now, he set out a lot of the, obviously the Tennessee game. I mean, he he missed what two thirds of that one, I think. Um, he, he set out Arkansas. If he come now, look. If he comes back and lights up LSU, lights up Auburn, lights up the SEC championship game. I mean, it's his. There's no question about it because he their schedule. Alabama's schedule is still all in front of them right now with LSU, Auburn, and a potential SEC championship game. Uh, you know, Burrow is getting a lot of run, mm-hmm. uh, but man, Chase Daniels. Chase Daniel has Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young. Sorry, yeah. Chase Daniel. More my ass. Chase Young has to get a seat at the table in yeah. New York City because, and I'm telling you right now, guys, if if I'm one of these whole, you know, Dolphins, Redskins, Bengals, whoever they are, Broncos, Broncos. I mean, I know you probably need a quarterback in, in Tagovailoa or Burrow or whoever. That guy's in play for Oof. me. I mean, he yes. is a physical beast. He is exactly what you want in today's NFL. A guy that can he's he he's not going to be as good, but my God, does he does not remind you of Lawrence Taylor? I mean, mm-hmm. just he is that disruptive of a force. He's unreal. Um and just blows the game up. I mean, just totally takes over mm-hmm. and blows the game up. And he did it against a really good offensive line on on Saturday and it was just no contest. 13 and a half sacks on the year, five force fumbles, two more against mm. Wisconsin. He's going to have to get probably 23, 24 sacks, something in that range. Well, they play Rutgers still. <laughs> That'll help, no yeah. doubt. And oh, my God. You yeah. know what the other part Leave he needs? on the field the whole game and right. against Rutgers. Yes. Please, let's see what he can do. The, the other part that he needs, though, Charles Woodson, it wasn't just what he was as a defender. Right, right, special teams. Right. So you got to put him in there. And, and he yeah. played offense, too. Yes, yeah. and that was the part. you got to put him in a goal line and catch a touchdown. <laughs> he, you have to do, That's he, his Heisman moment? You have to do something else. That's the only reason Woodson won that year. Is because yeah. of what he yeah. also did outside of it. You got to if you really want to do this, you have to do it, and maybe hope that uh, both the quarterback and running back Dobbins. Yeah. I mean, they take a step back. Yeah, most, There's so much that has to happen here. Yeah, most of our listeners aren't going to know this reference, but but Kenny will. I mean, this this is a Hugh Green reference, really, mm. back for Pitt back Pitt. in the day. Who was just a true defensive player. Um, I'm telling you though, and I mean, Sue. and Dominican Sue, absolutely. I mean. I agree with you, Trent. You know, that to me would seem a little gimmicky, and it would seem a little obvious, you know, <laughs> especially if you do it against a team like Rutgers. Right, or somebody. Yeah, Here's yeah. what he needs. He he needs one of these th- plays where he goes around the end. Scoop and score. these incredible mm-hmm. strips. Yeah, you know, blows up the play, something, strips that. Yeah. A, a, a Jadavian Clowney moment where he just blows yes, up the yeah, play. In the outback strips that, takes a fumble, outruns three or four people, a <laughs> right. stiff arm to the end zone. That would be your Heisman moment, if I, you know, for him, as opposed to, you know, putting him in a gimmick play on the goal line and throwing him a touchdown pass. Um, you know, I mean, because that's just really not what they do, and they never used him like that. That, mm-hmm. to me, that's what he needs is one of those big, just blow everything up and, you know, outrun everybody to the end zone against. You know, if he does it against Penn State on national television, all the better.
Yep. Uh, but talking about college football with Bama Bob, well, let's, uh, let's go around the, the Power Five conferences. Won't spend a lot of time in the ACC. My guess is both of you guys are going to go to Virginia uh, and Louisville as maybe the highlight of the weekend of the conference. Trent, I'll start with you. I mean, Louisville, we talked about it on Friday. Satterfield has done a really nice mm-hmm. job there, and do not sleep on these Cardinals. Um, but Virginia, that's geez, that, that that can't happen. My dream is still alive for the Coastal. Everybody in that whole division, all seven teams go four and four. And we'll <laughs> let Bama figure out the tiebreaker if that happens. Yeah, good luck, Bama. <laughs> what was was that your takeaway from the uh, from the ACC this week? Yeah, it had to be. I mean, that and Clemson's getting better. I think they're they're starting to, you know, kind of find a little momentum. They heard all the talk. Oh my gosh, you know what's wrong with them? What's wrong with Trevor Lawrence? They got to win out. Blah 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 blah. And I think they've heard that talk, and now they're trying to answer it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's setting up a Virginia North Carolina, you know, game that basically is going to be the right to play Clemson in the title game. Everybody's going to get excited if it's North Carolina because that first game was close. Second game will not be close. So it's this is the ACC is Clemson's. I would be stunned at this point if they lose a game or, or upset uh, the rest of the way. All right, can I start with the Big Twelve? Go for it. Because I'm, so I'm watching. Yes. I'm, I'm watching the end of uh, of Texas Tech and, and Kansas. Oh, jeez! It was just as crazy an ending as you're ever going to see. So Kansas is in in position, and good for you, Les Miles, to kick a game winning field goal. It's thirty four thirty four. There's I don't know fifteen seconds, whatever's left on the clock. So he they line up to kick the field goal. The field goal is blocked. Kid from Texas Tech, a senior. Can't remember which. I think it was number nine. He's senior, anyways. He picks up the football for some reason and fumbles it. Kansas falls on the ball. An offensive lineman falls on the ball. There, there's him and there's there, there, there's four Red Raiders and the offensive lineman for Kansas gets the ball, gives them another opportunity with the with two seconds left on the clock to kick yet another go-ahead field goal to win it. Well, this one splits the uprights. As crazy as an ending as you're going to see in Bama, where I want to go with you here is Les Miles is now they've got they found a way to win three football games, including that Friday night against Boston College. I don't know if there's another win on the schedule. Maybe this week, K State, who knows? But Les Miles, you know, the quarterback Carter Stanley, who's a senior, he just loves playing for this guy. Since they fired their offensive coordinator, they seemingly are, you know, the arrows pointing upwards. Kansas is a laughing stock, at least they were. I'm not so sure that this team is about to get off the mat here in the years to come. I agree with you, Ken. I mean, we talked about this when, when they hired Les and then, you know, him versus Mac Brown. And, you know, Mac had a lot of early momentum. And my, my thought was really going to go back to the recruiting. And, you know, had, had Mac kind of lost touch. Les, I mean, how do you not want to play for a guy like this? Now, listen, if you're a five star and you got offers from Oklahoma or Alabama or, or even Texas, you're probably not going to go to Kansas. But, man, he can get a lot of athletes, and he can get a lot of guys. And, I mean, we talked about it. I mean, they came within a, a an eyelash of beating Texas in Austin for first time ever. And we, we said it after that game. It's going to be mm-hmm. fun, and I really hope that people will come out and support the program. I hope expectations don't get ridiculous and, oh, can they compete for a Big 12? They're probably not going to compete for a Big 12. Uh, but, man, they're going to – I think you give him – Year three, I think they're going to start scaring the bejesus out of teams like Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, and it's just going to be fun. And I hope that the people of Kansas will embrace that because Les Miles is a character. I mean, we miss him down here in the SEC because all the, just the quirkiness and everything else. But 
I mean, a crazy ending, but, yeah, you're right. They're on to something, and I think it's going to be fun for the next three or four years in March. Uh, a couple of uh, Big 12 breaking news that we talked about in the first hour is Iowa State going to have a night game. Yes, they will. Oklahoma, 7 o'clock mm-hmm. on Fox. Matt Campbell has just said Jaquan Bailey will redshirt and return in 2020. So the senior's coming back for his, fifth year, uh, for his uh, final year and uh, will because he hasn't redshirted yet. So Iowa State catches a break with all the defensive linemen. They're going to use Jaquan Bailey back next year. Bam, I want to get your perspective on this as I'm watching the uh, ridiculous red uniforms of TCU as they're polishing off Texas. Max Duggan, the Council Bluffs kid. <laughs> Played incredibly well, probably his best game in a college uniform. What's next for Tom Herman? Mm. You know, last year that breakthrough win in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia. Right. You know, we, we we're did, back, right? Remember that? What did Georgia want to be there? We uh-huh. get into all these arguments. They lost four games last year. They've lost three games this year. They have a four game losing streak now to TCU. Tom Herman, is it going to happen? That's a great question because he's got a quarterback. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a yeah, defense. That's his problem, and. You know, listen, he's going to have to bring in somebody to run that defense for him because you're always going to be able to recruit talent to Texas, and you, you, you should be able to lock, not lock down the state because, you know, Fisher at A&M and LSU will dip in there every now and again, but you, you're going to get your fair share of talent. Uh, and really what you need, in my opinion, in, in the Big 12, you got to build from the back to the front. I know most teams build from the front to the back. They want a dominant front seven and will live with the back end, but some, pretty much at the Big 12, you got to have guys that can cover people, and they don't have them. Um, and they don't. They, in fact, they don't have a lot on defense right now. But that's a great question because he's getting paid a ton of money. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He runs his mouth, and he can't back it up most of the time. So, um, I, listen, they're not back. Uh, they lost a tough game to LSU. Can't fault them for that. Number one team in the country. But since then, uh, you know, played Oklahoma tough again. Can't fault them for that. This game here, bad loss. I mean, and listen, there may be another one sitting there staring them when they play the Cyclones because Two weeks, I feel yep. bad for Iowa State. It was a tough loss uh, against Oklahoma State because now they got to beat Texas and Oklahoma. And who the hell would have thought Baylor, as we sit here in right. week eight, would be undefeated atop? the Big 12, but they are, and they're going to probably play in the championship game. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Boys, let's go to the Big 10 as we're starting to uh, get up against the clock. Bama, you said you could never pick Michigan until uh, Jim Harbaugh won a big game. Does that qualify, (laughs) Bama, Bob? Uh, It qualifies. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, you give them all the credit in the world, okay? And we talked about it Friday. I didn't know how they were going to react with all the, the Harbaugh rumors, you know, in the NFL exit. Was it going to pull them together? Was it going to tear them apart? It pulled them together. But what an absolute disaster of a showing by Notre Dame. No I show. believe coming out of a bye week, if I'm not mistaken. I know the weather was nasty, but look, it was the same, as they say, for both teams. And, I mean, that was just a – you said it, Ken, a complete no-show. Mm-hmm. And, and they were coming listen, off a of bye, Bama. You're right. They were coming off a bye, and they knew Oklahoma had lost. I mean, they had everything in front of them, and they go out with that performance. That's another guy. I mean, he's, what, eight, nine years in now? And, you know, what has he done? And, I mean, I'm sure he's making a ton of money. So, that I mean, I don't know that Herman and and Kelly are probably both going to stay, and they'll they'll be safe for another year or two. But it's legitimate questions you can ask. And, and man, Ken's Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mm. I mean, look out. They're probably going to play for a Big Ten championship. This year, uh, I don't know if they can beat Penn State. They host them. Um, I'm with you. I wish it was a night game, but it's not. 
But man, no, Iowa State gets that a- window, so I'm okay with that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go then. Yeah. So, yeah. It ought to be ought to be a lot of fun though, and, and good for them. I mean, they need something good up there, and they're legit. I mean, they're they could scare some teams. Yeah. Uh, Trent, Big Ten takeaway. I. I- Happy for Rutgers to get that win. It was such an yes, embarrassment all week long. They were a dog, a touchdown <laughs> underdog to Liberty, and yeah. Liberty, you know, they're a goal, game away from bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. The freshman Langan, he played really well. Did he? Did he, you really watch? Some of I that? flipped over a couple of times. <laughs> so you're telling me about that? Well, game, of course Chicago. I did. Yes, I, I was on the Scarlet Knight, so I was even happier about that. But most importantly, young quarterback. He's a freshman, threw for over 200, had 100 yards rushing. I get it's Liberty, but still, it was such an embarrassment mm-hmm. all week long. Get that yep. win. Good for them. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, let's move on real quick, guys. Uh, Bama, your takeaway in the Pac-12 was what? Well, I mean, Oregon is sitting there. I mean, they pretty much have, have sealed the deal now. Mm-hmm. They're they're, they're going to win the Big 12. I'm sorry, the, the Pac-12 North. And we talked about it. I mean, USC, they, they you know, they're at Oregon this week. They could absolutely spoil everything in that conference yeah. if they win. They could knock Oregon out of the Pac-12, uh, you know, out, out of the national picture. And if they win out, guys, and if they win in Oregon, it's not unquestioned that they win out. They own the tiebreaker over Utah, and they could wind up playing in the in the Pac-12 championship. And I they mean, got lucky to win Friday it. night, Bama. I thought Colorado had them. I did, too. And But, you know, they found a way. Yeah, true. And listen, they are going to have a decision to make because Urban Meyer is all but, you know, politicking for that job on Fox. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows he's out there. He wants it. Another big program, you know, to kind of end his career, if you will. I mean, how are you going to get rid of Clay Helton yeah. right now? It's probably the right move, as bad as it is to say. If this guy gets into the Pac-12 championship gotta game keep him. and, God forbid, wins it with all the injuries, mm-hmm. how are you going to get rid of him? But it's probably the right move. I just don't know how you do it. I'm with you. Uh, any takeaway in the Pac-12 for you, Trent? UCLA starting to figure it out. Yeah, you know what? Glad you glad you mentioned that. I I didn't uh-huh. think they would win this pa- this past week, but Chip Kelly is starting to get his team to come together. I, I'm with you. SEC Bama will let you jump in here. LSU starting to slow down a little bit offensively. I know the front for Auburn's really good. People starting to figure out maybe Joe Brady's offense and Burrow and company just a little bit here. But uh, that was my takeaway. I expected LSU to handle Auburn better that than they defense, did. Defense, Trent, you touched on. They're legit. They are really good. Yeah. I mean, but listen, Auburn's defense is Ugh. as good as you're going to find, guys. Yeah. That front seven, Davidson and Brown, those are two. I mean, you want to go back and watch the film, those two guys were getting held all day long. I don't know that, that they've figured it out. I mean, it's going to happen as the competition gets better. But, I mean, listen, it, it's all – this is what we – nobody expected it. It's a 2.30 game because CBS took Georgia and Notre Dame for their primetime game, so we're going to get this at 2.30 in two weeks which is not bad because you can go from Minnesota, Penn State, right into Alabama, LSU, uh, and then right into Iowa State on November 9th. And Iowa, so, uh, Iowa plays Wisconsin at the same time in the middle of the LSU-Alabama yeah. game. Yeah, so. yeah, there you go. So, I mean, but listen, it's those two in the West. It's, it's Florida, Georgia going to play for the East this week. And, uh, you know, we talked about it. It's, it I don't know that Alabama can, can beat them with Tua. They certainly can't beat them without them. Um, they got to get their defense right. Forget Arkansas this week. Arkansas is the worst team outside of Vanderbilt uh, in the SEC. Nothing you can take away from that game. So it's all going to be is Tua's ankle better. Uh, but it's Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, what we thought it would be. Top four, Bama. Give me your top four right now, Trent. You the same thing. Bama, you go first. Ohio State, clearly number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I mean, they're distancing themselves, in my opinion, um, because of what Chase Young can do. And then, of course, we've seen Fields and everybody else they have. Got to give LSU number two. I'm with you. Uh, the good win, good win over Auburn. When to keep Alabama number three right now, it all depends on Tua Tagovailoa. If he does not play, if he's not 100%, they're an average football team, or uh, not an average, above average football team, but they're not a, they're not a playoff team. I'm going to put Clemson in at number four. Yeah. Uh, I think they're figuring it out just because Oklahoma lost. Uh, Penn State has got a chance, obviously, to prove me wrong in a couple weeks um, against Ohio State and against Minnesota. I mean, they got two tough games back-to-back, so they got a chance to move in there and will if they win. Uh, Trent. I think Aunt Bama's got it right. So do I. It's, it's consensus. Those are my four as well. Bama, we're out of time. We'll talk to you at... Uh... 11.20 on Friday, and we'll take a look at the uh, slate of games uh, that's coming up this week. Thank you, Bama. Enjoy it as always. All right, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bama Bob, follow him on Twitter, at Bob, Bama Bob. Scott Dockerman joins the program next. Miller and Condon until noon. Before we do that, though, time to put another $1,000 in your bull bankroll. Text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now. That's SUPER. To 200, 200 You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Back with Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Guitars blaring for Doc. I knew that's what you went now. That's a, what's the name of this band again? Poison. Unskinny Bop. No thanks. <laughs> You're out Not by this from time. Moi. Scott Dockerman, though, he'll join us right now. Let's talk Iowa. They're eight games into it. Two thirds of the season is over. They are bowl eligible. Scott Dockerman joins the program. Hello, Doc. How are you? You know, I'm doing well, and I can't believe you don't like Poison, Ben. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's the, the quintessential uh, hairband metal group of the 80s. So. I was going to say, I uh, wish I had their hair. wish I had their hair, not <laughs> necessarily too. their music. You don't want Brett Michaels anymore. There's not much left. Is that r- really? Oh, yeah. He like wears Agassi? a bandana every day. Like, remember Andre Agassi had oh, that yeah, big yeah. mane, and then one day he was bald? <laughs> it's just crazy how yep. it happens. Hey, uh, Doc, how much do you pay attention to bowl projections? Do, do, is there a time that you get more? Because I'm into it after week one, <laughs> trying to speculate. It drives but now me that, nuts. Now that, but we don't bring it up. Um, <laughs> you do off the air. Maybe off air. <laughs> Got to keep the audience. But now that I is bowl eligible, do you pay attention to it, Doc? And if so, where are they going? Well, yeah, I do pay attention to it, I, but I don't pay attention to most people's. I do do kind of my own, and and I'm, I'm pretty well-versed in, in the process and how it works. So uh, in this case, I mean, at 6-2 and two, Iowa, you just you, you kind of have to follow that path of how they're going to end up. And let's say 8-4. and four. Worst case scenario for Iowa right now, um, well, it would be 1-3 and three finish, but let's say that they end up 8-4. Mm-hmm. That's probably holiday. That's holiday bowl yeah. territory, yep. and I would say nine and three is probably in the same boat. Uh, the holiday bowl has won at Iowa the last mm-hmm. couple of years, and just, just haven't been able to get their hands on Iowa. So uh, this is the last year of the holiday bowl's arrangement with the Big Ten, so they don't have to worry about you know maintaining you know cordial ties, and so they can just pick whoever they want, and it'll be Iowa. Now, if Iowa, let's say Iowa wins out but loses the Big Ten championship game, um, then. Then you're probably in that realm of 
Gator? Uh, you know, do you end up in Pasadena, possibly? Ooh. Now, I would say, but I would probably say Penn State's probably more in that territory if they finish 11-1. and one. Or would you be in, you know, maybe the Cotton Bowl or the Citrus Bowl? So that, Citrus. that's kind of the possibilities there. So, uh, But there's a lot of things that need to shake out for Iowa, and including the biggest game of the year, which takes place a week from Saturday. Indeed. I believe you have a Heisman vote. Am I correct in that? Yes, I do. I have one. Uh, and I think that I saw it, and I hope there's more of you out there, Doc, that are going to follow this path. And because it's been so long since a defensive guy, I thought Indomitian Sue in his senior season, or his final season, yeah, he stayed till the end, was as dominant as anybody uh, that year. And he, I mean, he got there, but, um, you know, he was no threat to the winner. I think Chase Young's got a legitimate chance to win it this year. I really do. Especially if Tua misses another game, or maybe LSU picks him off. And Burroughs had a nice season, I'll give you that. Um, where where are you on Chase Young? Well, we do a every Monday. Uh, we have a published poll of of the people on staff who vote for the Heisman. So we've got I think forty one voters, and I voted him number one. I think Chase Young is the most dominant player in America right now. He proved it the other day against a very good opponent. Um, you know, four sacks, two forced fumbles. He's kind of like Jadavion Clowney was in some ways except you, you know what you're getting, which is an incredible effort on every single play, and he may be a little bit quicker. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a dominant force in, in, at that edge position. And, and, yeah, I agree with you about Dominican Sue back then. I mean, that game against Texas, that mm. football title game, was as dominant as any player I've ever seen. But I'd say what we saw the other day out of Chase Young against a quality opponent and a good offensive line to be able to dominate that way uh, tells me that he is the best player in the country. Because there's so many, I mean, how do you distinguish between Tua and Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and, right. you know, and, and those guys, they all have great, you know, statistics and, you know, but in this case, I think the, the, the defensive dominance just stands out. Doc, this game coming up is huge and there's a bye week still to get ready for it with Wisconsin, but what the Badgers have done, what they have become over the last seven, eight years in divisional play Compared to Iowa, they've taken away. The only win Iowa has during that time period is the 10-6 win with a little help with the uh, Stave getting his foot stepped on and the fumble that happened with it. Hmm. As you look forward to Wisconsin, this is certainly not the Wisconsin team we thought they were just a couple weeks before. What does Iowa have to do differently? What do they have to do to finally put one of these in the win column? Well, I thought they were the better team last year when with they you. played at Kinnick Stadium, yeah. except for mistakes. I mean, you know, when you you had fumbles, you had a, a punt returner who fumbled at the 50-yard line. Yep. You had a misread punt that it bounced off the leg of an opponent. You have, you know, they had to stop a drive and they couldn't do it late in the game. And then they had a, a mistake on the, you know, an interception right afterwards. So, uh, you know, it, it's a, it takes a clean football game against a quality opponent like that. And Iowa was, again, I thought as good or better than that opponent. And you know, they got stopped on a fourth and one with a quarterback sneak not working at the five-yard line. So they did a lot of the damage to themselves in that game, uh, and I think that's going to be you know point number one. I mean, you, you look at what happened up there two years ago. As bad as that offense was, I mean, they're only down 17-14 midway through the third quarter, and, and Noah Fant drops a fade route, and that seems to be a kind of an issue for him. Boy, and, does it. <laughs> uh, you, know, and, you know, he's been that way at Denver, too. Yeah. And, uh, and then the very next play, Nate Stanley gets sacked, fumbles, and uh, returned for a touchdown. So, uh, it was really kind of a, a massive swing. So I don't think Wisconsin's invincible, but you better be ready. And you know what kind of physical toll both teams are going to extract from one another. And for Iowa, that means take care of the football, 
don't get in any bad situations, don't get sacked on second down and and uh, in play field position because if you start backing up the way they did two years ago, you will lose this game. Uh, Scott Dockman from The Athletic is our guest. It's Miller and Condon here until noon on 1460 KXNO. Doc, uh, my, my first note in my uh, when I was watching the game was, I, and I've got two thumbs up beside Joe Evans' name, uh, who I hadn't seen on the field very much this year. Boy, when he got his opportunity... You know, he took advantage of it. Here's a kid who's playing quarterback at Ames. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was, uh, you know, a little Cyclone QB during his high school career. He looks the part, Doc. What do they have in Joe Evans? Uh, they have an extraordinary edge rusher. Uh, this guy was uh, kind of moved up the charts in the spring, and you're kind of like, what's this guy doing out here? You know, you kind of figure, okay, just a walk-on. He's in his spot. No, he, he really improved, and then he got dinged up early in the year so we didn't see him much but now that he's on the field uh you know a lot of his teammates you know guys like chauncey golston and aj Epinez are just raving about how quick he is off the ball and he's kind of replaced Amani jones as that edge rusher um on those passing downs and you know one and a half sacks and really causing some issues i think he's going to be uh you know a pivotal piece for the hawkeyes moving forward out of that role and and uh you know so on passing downs the next few weeks Somebody like that can really affect and and change the game, and he certainly did the other day. Joey the Bull coming off the edge, uh, looking forward to <laughs> is that watching him. That, 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 you, that's what you coined it? That, that's what I was told from some people that knew him growing up, okay. that it was Joey the Bull as a youngster. And he certainly looks at And I love a defensive end wearing 13. Uh, just uh, another quirk of college football that makes it oh so good. Doc, Sounds uh, like you should be from a crime family, Joey the <laughs> Joey Bull. The bull. <laughs> Nate Stanley. Statistically, not wowing you, but made some plays in that game. Uh, going up, finding Laporta a couple of times. One ended up being a drop in the game. But Nate Stanley, as he progresses here, the final stretch of his career very well could be a defining stretch for Stanley. What you've seen out of him? You know, I, I'm obviously in the minority on this, but I think he's been excellent this year. I think he's you know been able to hit spots, uh, throwing the football for the most part uh, when he's had time and protection. Uh, he's been terrific. He's, you know, that pass that he had to, uh, to Tyrone Tracy, not the touchdown, but the, you know, what, 38 yarder or whatever, you know, traveled 50, 50 yards in the air and it hit him in stride perfectly on the edge. He threw from the right hash to the left. Uh, he's got a big time arm. He's delivering and, uh, he's making plays. You know, the really the, you know, a lot of people are wanting some sort of mobile quarterback and I understand that, but, but I do think you've got to also appreciate what he's been able to do when he's out there. Now, uh, you know, what does he not have really on his, on his resume? And that is, you know, uh, an upper-level victory that matters. You know, the Ohio State game was important, but uh, that didn't deliver them a divisional title. The next two weeks can, or the next two games can. And so if he can go to Madison, his home state, and pull out a victory after what he's experienced the last few years, that's huge. And then, likewise, you know, to, to retain Floyd of Rosedale against a team like Minnesota that's playing well and, and deliver, a, a, say, a divisional crown, I think you look at Nate Stanley in that light of, okay, he's one of the best quarterbacks to play at Iowa. But if not, if Iowa struggles, if I, you know, even if it's not his fault, it, it tends to reflect on the quarterback. So I think not necessarily is the jury still out on him. I think he's been playing really well. Uh, but I think on his career and his legacy – it's still kind of undefined, but it's kind of tilting in that direction of um, good, but not necessarily great. Mm. I mentioned Sam Laporta. Uh, look, Doc, I, the, the catch that they took away from him, I think it was the right call. I was surprised that they saw enough 
to do it. I mean, you could see the ball between his legs, and uh, I, I, I don't think he caught the football, but I was surprised that they took it away. But then he comes back with another real nice, I think got two on the game. Is, is he a guy that, um, you know, is forcing his way onto the field here? Because, you know, Sam Laporta, kind of like Joe Evans, both took advantage of their opportunity against Northwestern. When he had to play, he played well, and uh-huh. I think that's a that's a real positive for this team. And it's funny when I talked to some of the staff about him, you know, after he signed, and you know, they said, you know, his resume is a lot like that of T.J. Hawkinson, small town kid with amazing statistics. Uh, you know, still pretty raw. We'll see what we have in him. And you know, you had him and Josiah Miniman and uh, and Logan Lee, and then they moved Logan Lee to defense. I think he's going to be really good, by the way. And then uh, you know, Miniman, they decided to to be him, and they decided to, to redshirt him. They thought Laporta was a little bit more ready. He he moved past Drew Cook to be that third tight end. And then when he got called on when they needed him the other day, he came up big. And so I think right now as we're entering the, the final stretch of the season, you need that play out of the tight end. I think that's been a real issue for Iowa in these close games yep. that they've lost is not having one. So I think having Sam Laporta step up, if he can become that player that Nate Weeding and, and Sean Byer thus far haven't quite been, Man, what what a huge lift that'll be for the offense. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, check it out if you haven't already done so. Well worth the very minimal monthly subscription price. Scott Dockerman, thank you, Doc. We will talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Ken. Thanks, yep. man. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman chiming in as we talk a little Big Ten with Doc. All right, Mr. Monday Night is yet to opine. How do you mm, feel about this one tonight? i got a great feeling about this one tonight. 14, Miami, I mean, uh, Miami gets 14. Two touchdowns with the godforsaken Dolphins. And Rudolph is going to play? Yes. Well, Mr. Monday Night will uh, let us know who how he sees it next. And also, I uh, got a little bit on the line with... The new Daily Fantasy with DraftKings. Did you play it? I dipped my toe in. So when we come back, talk a little bit about that. And yes, you can play. It's live, yeah, finally. Daily Fantasy is alive and well. And you don't have to go to the property to sign up for Fantasy, correct? I did it right from my couch. Signed up. Put a few bucks in there and off we go playing Daily Fantasy. Love it. So, correct me if I'm wrong. January 1st, 2021. The rules change statewide. Mm-hmm. That, that you can sign up for any sports wagering account and not right. have to go to that uh, to the to the casino. property to yeah. begin with. Yep, but not till January first of two thousand twenty-one. Still got what uh, fourteen uh, months before that, right? But it's coming. It's coming. Okay. Well, I'm anxious to hear about DraftKings. We'll do that next. And Mr. Monday Night's going to chime in before we leave here at noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen six at Hope HopeLawFirm.com. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Prime timers this week. Well, we've got Miami, Pittsburgh tonight, then San Fran, Arizona. New England, Baltimore, Sunday night football, Trent Condon. A week from tonight, Cowboys, mm. Giants. Mm. All right, uh, Mr. Monday night, the point spread is 14. The Steelers are favored 14. What is your Monday night record now? Monday night record going into tonight. Three and four, four and three. Four and four because we had the double Oh, the header. double dip. Right, right, right. So we're trying to inch our way over 500 for the first time on the year. Mr. Monday night. 
Dolphins. Feeling good about those Miami Dolphins. What? Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I'm grabbing the two touchdowns. Taking taking the points. Fitz Magic. Is he timer? Is he the? Will he start? They haven't officially said, at least that I've yeah. seen so far. I, I saw they they traded uh, the running back Drake today to the yes. Cardinals. So what does that mean for David Johnson? Well, he's still working his way back from injury. Two weeks ago, he played uh-huh. one snap and then didn't play the rest of the game. And, and the this young is kid, on the heels of missing the entire year right. last year, right? And the young kid went in and was really good. Then uh-huh. that young kid hurt his hamstring yesterday. Oh. Hurt me in daily fantasy. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of which, DraftKings. So tell us about it. It's uh, it's fun. It's different. Um, I mean, I I know about it. I, I've seen it before. I but couldn't really do it with real money here. In the state so of if Iowa. if somebody's been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. playing playing fantasy, do they have a significant edge on you? I don't think so because I've been playing fantasy sports since 1988. I got clubbed. I did uh, eight different contests yesterday. And how much is each contest? Ranging anywhere from a dime. And there's like really a hundred thousand people in those contests. To no. I think the most I did was a three dollar one that I did. Uh, ended up. $3.80 came back, but I think I had $7 all told in the different contests. So when you're doing the $3 one, how many players are you how many players are you playing against? Uh, Do they cap it? it? It's different. Every I mean, there are thousands of different leagues that you can join. It can be anywhere from, you can do a small one that has like 30 people in it. You can do a head-to-head, and it just randomly gives you some another gotcha. opponent that you go head-to-head with. And, and you're playing people around the country. Around the country, yes, the way it's set up. Another cool component, and I need to investigate a little bit more, mm-hmm. you can set it up where you can just build a contest with your buddies. So other people that are also on DraftKings can do it that way, and 10 of you get together. Now, DraftKings will, of course, keep their percentage. And but what is their rate? Do you know? Is it 10? About, yeah, right in that range. I think the head-to-head one that I saw, it was like a $2 head-to-head you actually win $3.85 or something okay, like that. So, so seven and a half, seven and a half percent in that one. Uh-huh. Kind of different all over the place, but it's fun. I, I really lo- thought it was really cool. Enjoyed it, and I will be doing it a whole lot. Well, more. I'm anxious to see how much, uh, how many people participate in that now that sports wagering is legal. Uh, because my, my theory was, is it's not going to be as much as some people thought. I could be wrong. I don't play fantasy sports. You do, and you're off and running. Off and running. We'll try to find a way. You can even do individual games. You want to do game six of the World Series? Monday Night Football, just picking players inside of that game individually. A lot of fun. Something different. Another uh, we, way for me to lose money. It's <laughs> all you need. <laughs> right. Uh, Murph and Addy coming your way at 2. The Fanatics at 4. They'll have Chuck Long and Sage Rosenfels tonight in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Iowa State coaches call in choice. Zoom. Well, I don't know that for sure, so I'm not going to promote it at 6.30. Anyways, uh, Morning Rush will start things tomorrow. Trent and I are back tomorrow at 10. Thanks for being with us. We're Miller and Condon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX.